Hello and welcome to the reaction to what was uh, a tough, tough night in Madrid for Celtic's final group game against Real Madrid in what was a... Yeah, it was a tough night. I was going to say something fancy, but we lost five goals to one. Um, uh, There's lots to talk over. There's lots to think about. Uh, I've got a fantastic panel to talk you through it. Uh, We're firstly joined by Lorenzo Pacitti. Hello, Lorenzo. How are you, my friend? Good evening, Chris. I am... I don't know. I'm neither up nor down, because I'm generally pretty well. Um, But, you know, it's not nice to see us get hammered. Um, But I'm not too... I will say I'm not devastated. I don't know. It all felt quite inevitable. Yeah, yeah. We're also joined by the wonderful Colin Kearney. Hello, Colin. How are you, my friend? Hello, I'm well. I'm much the same. Uh, I got really, really drenched on the way back home today. And I was absolutely drinking. And I kind of feel the same way, but in my soul rather than my body. Lovely. Um, well, not lovely. I mean, horrible, but <laughs> but nicely described. Nicely described. Thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird kind of... It's a weird kind of experience because it's a de- it was a dead rubber for us. It was a, a game that Real Madrid needed to to win. Um, some interesting calls from the referee as well. Quite some frustrating calls, but we'll talk through it all. Um, as I say, five one. Uh, I think they scored their fifth goal in the 70th minute with 20 minutes left, which was ah, quite a bit of a worry um, because we were really starting to tire towards the end of the game. But let's get let's get general thoughts on the game overall. And I know it's kind of hard to put this into uh, kind of a, a thought overall, but Lorenzo, general thoughts on how you're feeling after that game and your general thoughts of the game overall. Uh, I thought it was quite an entertaining watch if you weren't, I'd guess, a Celtic fan, although there were moments where it was quite exciting. Um you know, it's just it's it's one of those. I think when uh, when we realised that Madrid needed a win tonight, you know, when last week when the results came about, it was scary because the dead rubber nature of it, like it was going to be, um, is obviously not great for you know. You don't want to go to the Bernabeu and play in a dead rubber, but you really don't want to go to the Bernabeu and play in a game where you can't get anything and they need three points. That's scary. It could have been. I mean, it was horrible, but anything could have happened tonight. Um, I think in general. Uh, we have to accept we were playing a team of an insane calibre with our first team out. They needed three points. Don't throw you know the Aussie out with the bathwater with this Champions League campaign. The worst Champions League campaign we've ever had, if that's right, points-wise. Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't f- quite feel like that, which is maybe the takeaway. It doesn't feel like some sort of momentous failure. Um, there's 100% things we need to change, things we need to work on. They're all quite evident, and that's what maybe is more frustrating. The fact that it seems like the work is there and the, the finishing touches aren't, maybe the quality of player isn't in certain areas. Uh, but in general, just an inevitability about tonight that we would get beat, I think, and then we'll talk about the way the game went. You saw our luck was not in tonight, nice and early, and it was just uh, yeah, quite, quite hard to watch for the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. Colin, uh, your kind of general thoughts on the game overall? I think... That game is essentially the Champions League campaign in microcosm. It's like, in a nutshell, it's like we had chances, we had um, unlucky breaks, which kind of maybe diverted the stream of the of the play. Not to say we didn't, we actually, maybe the one outlier from today was we actually had a few strokes of luck. Um, but on, on the whole, yeah, it was just as frustrating as the previous five matches. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly what I thought when I was watching. I just thought this is the perfect microcosm for this entire campaign, just because you know the the penalty that we got, the penalties we got against us, the penalty we had, and we'll talk through all this. The penalty, <laughs> obviously, we got. Of course, I think there was an evil a, a level of inevitability to what happened there. Um, but this was just another game where we created lots of chances uh, and we, you know, we didn't take them. But let's look at the lineup. Let's how did Celtic uh, line up for the game? We had Hart and goals. He was the captain. Uh, Juranovic, Jens, Starfelt, Taylor. So it was a return to form for Starfelt. O'Reilly, Hitati, Moy um, in that midfield three, which has been pretty consistent over the last couple of games. Um, and then up front, we had Kyogo with Maeda and Abada each side of him. Uh, Colin, what was your initial thoughts on uh, the team as the team lines came out? I think the headlines were first you kind of look for Jota's name and then you look again and you realize it's not there. Yeah. Um I was super pleased to see Starfelt back. I mean I knew I, I I knew logically that he would be uh because I said everybody was fit apart from uh Callum so but just seeing the name of the team sheet was was uh reassuring and I just was really hoping he had a good game didn't do some gaff so that Michael Stewart's weird hatred of him can be stoked further you know yeah um and yeah so I, I was a wee bit surprised to see Jota and Hak- Haksabanovic uh warming the bench um and I was thinking oh well you know a bad is probably better to start than a impact sub and they could be like really impactful when we're tired in the second half but how naive and how silly that now seems <laughs> yes <laughs> uh there's a lot as, as uh, colin says you know uh everyone was was fit with the exception of uh, cal mcgregor and, and, and ccv of course and um, what, oh, what yeah what did you make of the the lineup uh lorenzo any anything catch your eye anything make you happy or sad Always, I mean, nice to see Starfield back. Uh, we've said it before on some of these reactions. Um, it does feel like it needs to be CCV and Starfield for it to feel anyway safe. Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, it needs to be CCV. You know, we've seen Starfield start with somebody else that isn't CCV. And it's gone wrong domestically. So very much had the fear on that one. Um, not the biggest Jens fan. That midfield, as a midfield that's been playing well in the league, seeing that midfield line up in the Champions League, O'Reilly's only 21. You know, he's not a holding midfielder. He needs to be playing throughout the park. And Moy has these physical limitations. Again, these things start to scare you. That front three is probably one that was quite unpopular, I would imagine, with Celtic fans um, reacting to that lineup. But I, th- I think I agree about Abada kind of, if you're going to play him, the way Celtic started at that kind of insane pace and that huge, brave, high press, that's kind of where Abada thrives, where he pops on the end of things. You just need him to actually take the chance, maybe. But. Uh, a big vote of confidence in Maida, I thought, was the takeaway I took from that. Yeah, would you agree with that, Colin? Do you think that's um, those players, and just looking at it, and that's the best players that were available within that team? I think, yeah, he's looking for uh, he's looking for pace early on. That's uh, obviously the kind of the gamble. Um, that's the fleetest of foot we've got up front. Um, I think the... I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about the press right now. Um, Fine, I feel that go for it. I feel, I feel that it it was kind of quite successful when we were brave and we did have a lot of interceptions, but it seemed like we got surprised when we actually got the ball back, and it's what we did immediately after the interceptions. So it's kind of like it's really irritating because like the press was working, but we were just flapping as soon as we got control back. 
Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, the press, Lorenzo, I've written here, first three minutes, dash, good. Uh, I mean, we know what, come, we know what happens in the fourth minute, but we did start really pretty well, pretty, aggre- pretty, pretty aggressive, and as, as you both say, kind of pressing up really quite high. Yeah, I don't think, this is the thing though, I don't think there'll be, there's many managers better at beating a press than Carlo Ancelotti. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just think that the guy is so used to the, you know, being attacked like that um, in any team he's been at. Um, and these are Real Madrid players with absolute bags of confidence, you know, man for man. It's There's no subs there, there's nobody there who could be nervous about a Champions League game. Uh, so it was just about the pace, and the pace is why we had some success with the press, because... Maida, Abada, Kyogo, that is an electric front three. They're going to get in the way of things. Um, but it needs momentum, a press, and the momentum was killed really, really early because they opened five minutes, four minutes. Uh, it did look like it was working. It wasn't necessarily unsettling Real Madrid, but it wasn't letting them build. Uh, but I just don't think when you can see that penalty that early, we can talk about like mental fortitude of players, but there's only so much you can keep yourself up. Uh, and not feel hard done by when you've had the kind of Champions League campaign you've had and then that happens to you at the toughest stadium in football. Yeah, um, four minutes in and there's a break on their right-hand side. There's a ball placed in behind us. Joe Hart comes and then kind of stops. Um, then the ball's kind of placed across and it's a handball. Um, Jen's handball. It's that modern handball. It's that bloody mo. It's that one of those bloody modern handballs um, where you know. It, I mean, it probably is a, a penalty. Um, what did you make of the whole situation, Colin? What was your thoughts going through you? Um, I sort of wonder if Hart has got one of those little electronic tags, <laughs> like you get when you're you're in home jail, and okay. as soon as he strays away from his uh, his goal line, it starts beeping and he freaks out. Because, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's like he's afraid of making like a a sort of ridiculous gaff, but he seems to lose confidence in his initial thought. Yeah. And then backtrack. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this, I I, I kind of like, I I was really raging with Jens, but I kind of think in retrospect, it's maybe... I was maybe being a bit harsh on him because it's like all happening so fast. Um, and he's moving like to to block. Uh, so you're kind of like, okay, maybe he's not so much to blame. But it was just a kind of the nightmare start. And the, my, my first note after after this happened was, going to be a long night. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think everyone kind of got the fear. Um, Lorenzo... You know, we're not going to crucify Joe Hart, right? Joe Hart is... Well... Or are we? He's already in gold prison. <laughs> he's, got, him as well. he's got a tag on, um, so he's not, <laughs> not allowed out of his box. Um, he might get his hands on something if you crucify them. Uh, oh! Uh, yeah, I mean, I said we're not going to crucify him. Nah, we're not going to crucify him. Well, I'm not, certainly, but there were decision-making... There were, there were moments of... He made some decisions in the game that I thought were wrong, sitting on my couch in the house and not in the Bernabeu. Um, but yeah, talk us through your thoughts on the on the, on the penalty and the award. Um, I think, like Colin says, he he changes his mind. Joe Hart doesn't just second guess himself in in these big games and these moments. It seems like he makes six or seven decisions and twos and throws within the space of a second. 
Uh, he's very non-committal to things. Um, I think for the SPL, Scottish Premiership, whatever, uh, he's, <laughs> he's a good goalkeeper. Uh, he is the personality we needed at the time. He's nowhere near this level for me, Joe Hart. Uh, nowhere near. And I think it's because he's lost that kind of ability to act on instinct. As a goalkeeper, he just seems to second-guess himself. Um, and his physical ability and his command of his area isn't good enough to justify kind of him playing him at this level for me. Um, the penalty, I thought, was a stonewaller by, you know, modern rules. I think his hands is moved. Jens does move his arm. It's an awkward position. Um, you can't say it's not like, um, you can't say it's unnatural because he moves so unnaturally. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, eh? Um, sorry. <laughs> well, this, this, this thing, like I would have said, you know, he's unlucky because I think he, re- but I think he does react to it. So it's an instinctive, awkward motion. But again, you'd hope somebody at the top level can control their instincts. I don't know. I kind of want to be harsh on him. Uh, but it's just an annoying penalty because it's like you see it and you're like, well, that's stupid. But also, yes, it's a penalty. Um, so very frustrating start to the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the start we all kind of feared. Um, losing an early goal in any of these kind of big stadiums, but specifically Real Madrid and the Bernabeu, is a kind of worry because you then start thinking, mm, what could happen? Um, the penalty's given. Uh, it's the penalty's, the penalty's phenomenal from uh, Modric. It's, like, yeah. the kind of eyes he gives Joe Hart is... I mean, I've watched the replay and where it goes, and he sold me on it. Jesus. <laughs> um, the the fourth oldest player to score in the Champions League. Um, so, you know, th- this is, I think, one of the things that I've seen a number of times, like on links scrolling through kind of social media, and it's something we always kind of say, Real Madrid don't need help, so why the fuck do we continually give them help? Um, that... That's frustrating. Um, and the passage of play that happened, don't get me wrong, was very, you know, very good. It was a very good, they split, they ripped us open down, you know, our left-hand side or whatever. That's fine, right? They're going to have moments of quality. But just these decisions in big moments, you know, Joe Hart really should commit to it. Because in the second half, there was two or three times where he came running up his goal and he committed to getting the ball and he won the ball. And that's kind of like what you say, Lorenzo, about... You know, he commits and then he pulls back. The worst thing a goalkeeper can do is commit and then pull back. And unfortunately, that led to the first goal. Uh, my second note after that is uh, done okay since the goal. 11 minutes in. So so that's a positive. Um, we didn't do the double tap, the FBI double tap that we always do, where we lose a goal and then lose another goal. We kind of held it together. Then in the 13th minute, um, uh, Jens has the ball and he passes it into Hatati, who puts a great ball into Maeda, who's running around his fullback and he whips in a sen- I was going to say sensational, but it is in a way sensational. Great ball in between the goalkeeper, in between the defender. Um, but Kyogo can't pull the trigger. It's maybe a little bit behind him. Am I being harsh? Colin, what did you make of that passage of play? I think it was perhaps one of the best moves of the game for us, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's just like exactly the kind of football we're, we're trying to play. Um, just touch, touch, touch. What I mean, the like attack's pass is sublime. Yes. Um, Maida puts in a, a, a the best possible ball. I think. I think that was the right thing to do. I feel that I don't know if it's how the stadium, how loud it is. Again, this thing about communication. I think uh, Abada was the better choice there and I don't know if Kyogo didn't know he was there or he couldn't hear the call or Abada didn't call for it but I feel that um, yeah Kyogo was not in the right 
the right sort of body shape to really sort of direct that. And if uh, he'd, he'd left it, I think a bad would have buried it. Um, I also think that that's an excellent point because I think that's a bad at his best coming off the line and into the ball. Um, what did you make of it, uh, Lorenzo? Yeah, I thought Hatate in particular, he played a stunning ball to Abad in the open, like before the penalty as well. Yeah. Uh, just an outrageous pass. He seemed really on top of it to start the game. Um, yeah, I agree. That's a bad. That's why you start a badder. He's so keen to drive into the box and he really gambles on playing, keeps up with play, which is why he gets so many goals for a guy that hasn't really, you know, found a run of form in terms of actual quality on the pitch. He scores goals because he really commits. Um, again, I agree. It's, it's harsh to say, like, should Kyogo have left it? Could Kyogo have left it? Because strikers should be selfish and instinctive. Yeah, and yeah. How much are they going to have their ears open, you know, to a winger coming in when a ball's teased in front of them like that? It's amazing for Maida. Um, Kyogo has quite a lot of those, is what I would say, though. I feel, I feel like Kyogo's half a yard off a lot of chances uh, recently. And again, it could be pure constance, you know, when somebody gets makes these chances for themselves, you maybe put more credence on that. But yeah, if it fell into a badder, um, I say this, he'd probably put it 20 yards over the bar, but that would have been the ideal. But again, how much How much can you really expect him to be heard? I don't know. You'd hope he's screaming. You know, I don't know if there's a replay that shows you about his lips. He's, um, I think he's quite a shy wee guy, isn't he? I can't imagine him yeah. absolutely hollering for it. And he usually goes... get a beat on, beat on to shout for it. <laughs> <laughs> he usually ghosts into the back post. You know, he, he gets into positions where... The strikers aren't usually. I just wonder, let me ask you this, Colin, and I'll come to you, Lorenzo, as well. Does a fully firing, fully fit, fully mentally all there, no, nothing, you know, Kyogo at his best, does he finish that? Yeah, I think he does because I think that it's kind of, and I don't know if it's about, his lack uh, lack of fitness or lack of confidence, I think it's, maybe it's a sort of lack of confidence in what the team's actually doing. Yeah. Maybe he's not expecting ping, ping, ping. You know, like he's like, well, we're, you know, Maida's going to take two touches. He's not going to release it early enough, so I'll hang back a little bit. Um, and I feel that this is, maybe this is something that's been happening recently is that we've kind of not, we've, we've not got the te- telepathy going as you know, when we're playing our best, it seems to be, you know, everybody's on the same page. I feel that there's a lot of kind of second guessing going in, uh, going through the squad. So I don't know if that's maybe an explanation for it. Because I mean, to be fair, like even Abada, if Abada was further up, if, if he was, you know, like he could have maybe even got the deflection off Kyogo's kind of scaft shot, you know. Yeah. So maybe that. We weren't expecting to get that kind of clear cut chance. I don't know. Yeah, what were what were yourself, Lorenzo? You think he you think he finishes that if he's fully firing? Uh I mean it's tough to say because I'd I'd at, at least get it on target. Yeah, I don't I don't subscribe too much to the idea that Kyogo's been too affected um by anything mentally or his form recently or anything like that. I think he's been a wee bit unlucky. Um and he he tends to miss sitters. It doesn't matter how on form Kyogo is, yeah. he does miss sitters. Uh and from what I'm reading about um his omission from the Japanese squad, he misses a lot of sitters for Japan as well. It's just the it's just the way he is. We dealt with it with Scott Sinclair, even at his best. He would miss sitters True. regularly. It's just, just, I don't know, just part of his game. Um, so no, I don't necessarily think it would change too much. He might, I've not watched it back enough. I think he might not have been big enough. Do you know what I mean? It might just be a, a touch ahead of him or he could have gambled earlier. As Colin says, maybe there's a, there would usually be a bit more confidence and telepathy in that Maida is going to get this ball across. So I better be there. 
maybe that's like a touch behind right now. Um, after that, there was a period, 16 minutes, I've noted it down here, a really excellent spell of possession where we knock the ball about really confidently, we're keeping possession, really, really patient. Um, we pass it uh, right across our back line, we get it up our right-hand side, there's a ball in uh, and a layoff, and unfortunately Hatati comes in and just he just needs to keep it down and he'll at least get it on target, but he, he blasts it over the bar. But a really, really confidence boosting even if it was just for the support i don't know but i think the team got a little bit of a confidence boosting from it um and it was it was really really good lorenzo it really kind of settled everyone a little bit because because it, we we'd conceded in the fourth minute and this is the 16th minute and it's not all coming crumbling down yeah i think in general in this game uh we can we probably created more chances than we've created in some of our bigger european wins you know there's still chances there the, the football is Maybe the frustrating thing about the first half, which I actually thought we played well in, I would say the word well, for the first <laughs> half outside of the, the penalties. Um, we were still doing all the things right in the midfield. We were still creating these chances when Real Madrid kind of had a moment off because they're still Real Madrid. You know, you can't play through them every time. Uh, but I think we were still creating, still doing the basics right. Uh, everything was kind of going pretty well. And that's when you want somebody to just take one of the chances. You're not going to create 10 against Real Madrid and a half. You might create, maybe lucky to get two or three. And we did get those. And in a European league where we get something out of a team like this is because somebody snatched like all three of them, you know, or two of them. And we're just not doing that. And there's only so much expectancy you can put on strikers who play in the Scottish Premiership to take their one or two chances against Real Madrid. But at this level, that's just reality of it. That's just what it needs to happen. Uh, Colin, you must have got some joy at that passage of play. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think the there's certain little elements of the game, certain passages which I think are encouraging going forward. That we're you know like to if we're to believe the that by playing our football, it's all going to click eventually. And there were things that you know that that patient build up, which you know was we were we had our foot in the ball for the best part of two minutes, <laughs> um, and uh, that's kind of really reassuring it, and hope. You were kind of hoping at that point it would build confidence in the team. I think just to jump on a word that Lorenzo like talk about snatching chances. I think the fact that I think we were snatching at our chances too. Like we were trying to like really like early, too early, like taking shots. Quite there was quite a lot of shots tonight from the edge of the box, uh, and I think people were getting excited that like the felt they weren't going to get any further into the box. Yeah. And I think that was that was one of the main kind of letdowns. Um and yeah, yeah, when Hatati skied it, it kind of all that patient build up play and the confidence. After that, Real Madrid just knocked the ball about just like, no, this is how you do it. Yeah. And they just looked so relaxed. But yeah, I took I took a little bit of confidence from that for sure. Um I have to say that um we, we did that kind of we were knocking the ball a bit for a good, you know, two or three minutes and um it was it was really good play and, and Celtic were really doing well. Um and then Real Madrid did pretty much the exact same thing as, as Colin says. But like Rob McLean was like purring over it, like, Oh, look at that, that's how you play football. This is the big boys, where the big boys play and all this and it was just like we, we, we literally did that five like two minutes ago. Um but it's Rob McLean. So what can you do? Um, again, after that passage of play, getting a bit of confidence, starting to think, okay, you know, we're, we're still in this, we're, we're playing okay. Um, there's another penalty. Um, it goes to VAR. 
The second penalty was for uh, a ball that hits Matt O'Reilly's elbow. Again, another one of those bloody modern, bloody modern football, bloody modern football penalties. Um, it probably was a penalty. Uh, what did you make of that, Colin? Like when you, when you, it's just Celtic in Europe, I guess. Again, there's just certain things that happen to Celtic in Europe. Uh, what did you make of the penalty in the call? Well, I get it came right after another just little reassuring moment like Hart made a really good stop just before it and you were like okay right cool um and we can maybe start to sort of stand in the ball calm it down but nope um yeah it's a modern penalty um it was and I think they said in the commentary that you know like I think with both the handballs like it's unfortunate because they were they were wayward shots you know these these weren't like well targeted and we've like put a hand in front to keep it going in the goal. They, they, these are like unfortunate things that have happened from pretty wild attempts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just really depressing to get second penalty so soon, and it just felt it just felt like that was, uh, yeah, that was the night really a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, Lorenzo. What what did you make of the the, the penalty and the decision and the VAR and all the stuff? And the booking, they book, they book, she booked, um, oh, she booked right. Matt Riley afterwards as well, which is crazy. The booking implies she thought it was intentional. That was intentional. Otherwise, what's the booking for? Yeah. Um, um, you might need to bleep me here, uh, but I thought Steve McManaman talked a lot of sense at halftime. Beep. <laughs> um, he made the point about VAR. What you lose with VAR is context. They don't seem, to, even though you have a video replay, you have the full game to watch, you have the full play to watch, they don't take any context from the the event. So again, they didn't look at the fact the shot was going a mile wide. They didn't look at the fact that O'Reilly's arm, he's literally just turning, he doesn't move it, there's no movement of the arm, there's no point, it's literally the point of his elbow that gets it. Yeah. If, if you look at the context of that, no real appropriate football rule should give that as a, a penalty. Um, but again, by the nature of handball rules now, I assume that probably is. You know, but uh, he's right that if, if we're going to use VAR in every game, it has to be used contextually because that's the whole point. You have a replay of the full game. Uh, so I really agree with him about that. I don't think people talk about that much, uh, which I quite liked. But again, it's just sums up everything about the luck we've had. Um, and the penalties are annoying because, you know, we can talk about being unlucky to not score chances that we get. But, you know, that is still in our hands. It's our own making. Both those penalties were kind of freak Instance, particularly the second one, there's nothing Matt O'Reilly can do about that. You couldn't even say be smarter and have your arms in a, like tucked in because he's he's turning and his hands actually uh, he has tucked the other one in and he's in the process of tucking that one in. It's just infuriating. And the booking, a, a lot of insane decisions from that ref, particularly against Matt O'Reilly. <laughs> uh, I don't know what she has against Matt O'Reilly, uh, but the booking was insane to me. And again, it implies intent. I don't know. Yeah. Um. The penalty goes in. Um, again, a, a good penalty. Um, Go hard, no, we're bloody near it. Yep. Um, and that's the thing. It's like their penalties were just clinical and the decision was made. I'm going to go this side and that's it. And it was committed to. We'll talk about another penalty in a moment. Um, <laughs> but just after that, that was 18th minute. The 22nd minute, they kind of rip us down again on our left-hand side. Um, and there's a, a pass from our byline into the mid middle of the box, and one of the best strikers in the world, our best forwards in the world, is completely unmarked, um, and he blasts over the bar, um, Vinicius Junior. Um, 
Colin, there was a small period around this time where it felt like, oh, if one another one goes in here, we could be in trouble. But, you know, they missed it. We held our nerve, but both. I think, uh, yeah, it just, I felt like, alluding to what I was saying earlier, there was just wee bits of luck. And I feel that they were just kind of, they skied a couple of chances in a row. And it was like, okay, cool. This is like, we can reset. Um, but then the ta- the guy in the tannoy started a chant. <laughs> I don't know if I'm talking shit here. I'm sure. It was just like, I'm going to use my tannoy and just get everybody going. And I think that should be illegal against... That, that should, should be, yeah. Needs uh, a ruling. Needs yeah. a, did, did anybody notice that? No, call you maybe like an Ultras guy with a megaphone? Was that too close to mic? I'm pretty sure it was a guy that was announcing the substitutes. <laughs> Unless the Ultras are very, very professional and also yeah. keep track of the subs. Yeah, they've got big money. They've, their budget is incredible. It's the Champions League budget for, uh, for the Ultras. They've got a PsyOps budget, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Lorenzo, around the 25th minute as well, um, Hitati presses the goalkeeper, puts a ball through, does really, really well. Um, Kyogo just kind of... And I, I don't know picking on Kyogo but the ball breaks to him kind of kind of comes out wide and he, he gets the ball on target and you know we've not been getting the ball on target sometimes so small mercies that at least they hit the ball on target he just hit it right down the goalkeeper's throat yeah it was, it was great pressing again to make the chance um, but it's you probably call that chance guilt edged without being like it's not a cat you should be burying it too much it's an ang- it's an angle it's against, you know, potentially the best goalkeeper in the world, who is also enormous. Huge. Um, so, you know, if, in isolation, if we haven't had a campaign where we've missed 75 chances on goal, you probably don't think about that one too much, other than it was a half chance, but it, it feels like at some point you've got to take one of these. Yeah, um, and a couple of minutes after that, um, Hitati had a good shot calling um, that, again, Courtois saved. Um, but, you know, again, if you if you were going to be critical, it's almost in the same place as Kyogo puts it. Yeah, this is again this sort of snatching at chances, kind of from fairly. I think, I mean, part of the psyops is obviously this force field they have in the goal, <laughs> and I think that should be illegal. Uh, no, I think we're we're having these pops and we're getting shots on target, which might you know massage your uh, stats apart from the goal stats a bit. But there, um, he's not going to be like Courtois, not going to be missing those, and uh, I feel that. The patience that we showed like 10 minutes earlier had just kind of disintegrated. And if we'd had a bit of patience and done what, you know, like, it's okay, it's easy to say, just do what you did against Livingston. It's not, it's Real Madrid. But if we were recycling the ball, like trying to make those better quality chances, um, but we were just freaking out because we just were like, we're not going to get that chance. We just need to have a go yeah, um, and do some Lennon ball. Can, can, can I can I be honest with you? See, as a fan, I was like, "Shit, shit! You're not you're you're not good enough, shit!" Like the whole time. Uh, even even when I saw that, see, when I saw that really kind of great passage of play, where it was like slow and it was like measured. See, every time the ball got in the final thought, that was shit, shit. I'm the, I'm, I'm the exact same with anyone. Any game of football I'm watching, I'm convinced they don't shoot enough. Yeah. <laughs> Well, footballers, you can kick a ball hard. Toe bash it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why we're not professional footballers. That's 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 why we're not coaches or managers either. Um, but the thirty-second minute, Celtic get uh, awarded a penalty. Uh, Lorenzo, do you want to talk us through how it was awarded? Uh, Stonewall, Abada. You know, he. I think he really struggled in the first half. Yeah. 
Um, I think he had a really difficult game. There was a moment where he kind of stepped over himself three or four times oh, in front yeah. of the ball. Oh, he did, yeah. <laughs> which I just felt so sorry for him. Um, but he really, com- I mean, to commit a player of Mendy's quality uh, to fill you in the box of that is, takes some real confidence and some real ability. He showed a really good turn of pace and he's at his best about it when he does just head for the byline or beat players and um, doesn't overthink it too much. And, you know, Mendy, th- again, maybe that's the confidence Real Madrid were oozing you wouldn't really usually go in for that kind of attack on the box. You know, if that yeah. was us conceding that, you'd think, what the hell are you doing going to ground there? Uh, so we kind of got a break from Madrid's confidence there, I think, and Abada took advantage of it. But again, Stonewaller, I think Mendy gets a wee touch on the ball, but he goes through Abada first. Um, but yeah, I think, I, don't, I, I did not, I don't know if there's any, I wonder what percentage of Celtic fans thought that ball was going in the back of the net. Uh, Colin, we, we got awarded uh, the penalty. It was well, uh, you know, well won by Abada. What were you thinking when the penalty was awarded? Well, I was thinking, uh, I, th- I I thought he angered Mendy because he, he does him. He absolutely does him. And uh, he, he sort of did well and drew the foul. And, but the thing is, like, even though, like, Juranovic was in the pitch this time, I just had zero confidence. And, um, I mean, just, like, I, I don't want to keep going on about it, but, like, Courtois looked looked like he was playing in kids' goals. Yeah, you know those are you know just, or practice goals. And I think yeah, I think JD should just panenka them. I think like this was the night for just a little bit of disrespect, and it might have had a better chance because it was like it was on target. But that's about the best thing you could say about it. Yeah, I, I, it it was the perfect penalty for the goalkeeper. Yeah, um, it was the perfect height for the goalkeeper. It was perfect pace for the goalkeeper when Juranovic stepped up. I, again, I, I, as Lorenzo said, just with how we've been performing, you know, and not even how we've been performing, I don't mean that, we've been performing pretty well. I just mean our finishing in the final third. I just thought, if we can't finish from here, we're probably not going to score tonight. That's genuinely how I felt. felt. What did you I, mean? I thought, I thought it was a cop-out penalty, personally. Not to be too harsh yeah. on JJ. I thought it was... Lacking in confidence, um, there are ways to put your foot th- through a ball on a penalty, and it's because you're going down the middle, or because you have bags of confidence and you're burying it in the top left or the top right. As Colin says, Courtois is enormous. You have to send them the wrong way. You have to give them a, you know, a penalty that's giving them the eyes, and just trust that he goes the wrong way because you're not going to hit it by him unless you bury it in the corner. And it was sent. It was quite central. You know, it was within Courtois' reach if he stood in the middle. Um, as you say, perfect height. So he's not even considering that. He's just going up to thump it and hope for the best, which is not appropriate at the Champions League level. What I've noticed about his penalties is he really tucks them into the corner. He really tucks them into the corner, and there was none of that call, and it was a it was a crap penalty. He looked like he was in front of a firing squad, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He looked. He was like sweating bullets. He looked so unconfident. Um, I think he's had a really shaky season so far um, I didn't think he was particularly poor tonight I, I, I'm not going to lay into him but I think he, he's maybe just not his confident fireball self uh, yeah and it just uh, yeah sums up the night a wee bit yeah um, so that was the 32nd minute that would have made it 2-1 that completely changes the perspective of the entire game um, and I think if Celtic score that the confidence we take that from that, Real Madrid think, oh, okay, they've pegged us back a little bit. Maybe they changed their outlook. Who knows? But 
it would have been nice to have scored for the away fans because the the Celtic fans and the support in the in the stadium were uh, fantastic, singing loudly and proudly as, as they always do, making a a really splendid job of supporting the team. Um, but you know, from there, thirty two minutes, forty two minutes, forty five minutes, there's a lot of passages of play. Nothing really happens in regard. There's a couple of saves. What did you make toward of the kind of end of the half after the penalty, uh, Lorenzo? Uh, again, I thought we were pretty good. Uh, it's because you can be against a good Real Madrid team at the Bernabeu. Um, what I will say is when I'm saying I thought we were good tonight in a lot of the stages, and particularly the first half, I'm only talking about the midfield to attack. Uh, this is harsh because we're at the Bernabeu. I thought we defended really badly tonight. Really badly. And the caveat is it's Real Madrid, but you can only kind of comment on all the things we didn't do. And we'll get to all the other goals. Uh, but I think a lot of things happened correctly tonight. A lot of things went well tonight. There was a lot of um, play that was really promising. And even to go into that half 2-0 down, you know, when the whistle blew, I thought, you know, we did good there. You know, two penalties, two freak penalties. We did good. That was a good half of football. Defensively, we were a nightmare the whole game, I thought. Uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, but Colin, you're going at half-time 2-0 down, and as Lorenzo says, it's two penalties, it's two set pieces. Um, they have had a number of chances as well, but so have we. Um it probably it does feel like it will take a miracle for us to get back, especially if we can't score a penalty. But what are we feeling going into half time? Yeah, I, I was just worried about the depletion of energy. To be honest, I yes. felt that we'd we'd had a really good a good go at it, and uh, you know the two penalties kind of hobbled us, um, and they were obviously kind of growing in confidence. And and like when like. Finney Junior's doing like rainbow flicks at the end of the box, you know, like but like you know, just like all right, okay, <laughs> calm good down. At football, <laughs> yeah. But like, um, we still put some moves together, um, and you kind of felt that if we had any kind of real sort of reserves, thought we could have reserves, we maybe would had a decent crack at it in the second half. Maybe there should be inspiring words, and I think when we came out in the second half, it looked like that for a short while. A short while, indeed. A short while, shall we say. I just want to highlight the terrible, terrible, terrible decision to book Kyogo uh, and give away a free kick uh, for what was him just being in a tussle, I guess. Um, it was pretty pathetic, Lorenzo. I mean, I don't want to, we don't like talking corruption on the podcast, but <laughs> between that, you know, and we're in the midst of an attack, you just laid the ball off the edge of the box, and the Matt O'Reilly um, foul where he, he wins the ball off two Real Madrid players and is about, you know, he's free in the box then, yeah. really, with a bunch of Celtic players in the six-yard box. Could not get a better chance. Um, and the whistle's blowing for the cleanest tackle you'll ever see. And the Kyogo one, there's literally nothing in it. Um, you know, I always I always say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, so I've got nothing against the Real Madrid players. Uh, but it's the referee's job to realise how stupid that is. And I don't know, I just thought, I just couldn't, wrap my head around it and she was very quick to blow the whistle when three or four Real Madrid players you know just shouted and threw their hands up and again that might be an experience she's only got two games in the Champions League when I say an experience I mean in these atmospheres because we've seen referees you know react to crowds and react to players it's why Italian teams for years have surrounded the referee why Barcelona and Real Madrid do it every occasion yeah uh, but I thought some of the decisions tonight were insane and about weak um, so we, we kind of as, as I mentioned with the Hugo one we, we kind of break there's a good five minutes where we're, it's okay where you know it's the, the ball's the ball's there and it's in play and 
there's probing happening. It was a very open game, I thought, from from both sides. Um, Celtic playing our style, and Real Madrid were quite um, up for it as well in regards to kind of breaking as well. But five minutes in, it's game over, really. Um, Asensau basically hits a really, really, really good volley. Really good volley. Really controlled volley from the edge of the box. There's the way he comes in. There's no one tracking him. I think all of our midfielders are in the box. Someone should be on him. Someone should be tracking him. It doesn't happen. And at that point, Colin, you start to get a little bit. mm, You didn't want to lose a goal that early on in the first in the second half, did you? Not at all. And I feel that the Kyogo foul in inverted commas really broke up some we were putting together some good stuff yeah and they really used that to break up play very effectively um and i think with that move um when they were coming through i think taylor was almost like two in his head about giving away a handball yeah because he seemed to be sort of thinking about that and he wasn't actually sort of concentrating and not and on sort of basically blocking the cross or stopping the even the cross coming in in the first place um but yeah i mean you can't argue against strikes like that that's just yeah you could do like a hundred of them and never score you know yeah i mean it was it was a really really good finish lorenzo wasn't it yeah but he's right on the edge of the box he's not 30 yards out and there's nobody near him it's a it's a very controlled finish into the box it's a great, it's a great goal. It's a stunning finish. He's a great player, uh, but the theme of that second half for me is just this refusal to track players run into the box. Yeah, um, we'll talk about the other goals, but you cannot be playing Real Madrid and just give them training shots. You know, this is what you practice before you kick off, just having fun, the edge of the box, just taking pot shots. Um, I just couldn't believe, like, with, again, if you're a, a Celtic defender and you see Vinicius Junior running. My instinct is, holy shit, who's on him? Or, you know, but, but these guys are just strolling into the box. And that's why it doesn't matter we're putting on Madrid. I couldn't believe for all the goals. In fact, it's more frustrating because it's Real Madrid how open they are. It's fine if you leave fucking. Uh, my mind's saying Willow Flood. It's me <laughs> trying to pick a Scottish Premiership player out of my back pocket. Uh, it's fine if you leave somebody like that, you know, and let them have a wee free run to the edge of the box because they're not going to score every time. You cannot leave Marcus Asensio. Uh, Fede Valverde, Vinicius Junior, you cannot just give them free reign of your final third. Uh, and when you defend for your lives in Europe as the underdog team, that's kind of the point. You're right up on them, and you're forcing you're forcing them to be great. Instead, we were just giving them free reign. Uh, Colin, you want to come in there? Oh no, I, I just think that if you looked at stills of the goals that we conceded, you would you maybe would be uh, you wouldn't be blamed for thinking they were set pieces because we're kind of like queued up, excellent in like a line, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you've got man marking, you've got zonal marking, and then you've got and a line, line marking, <laughs> and a line. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that one goes in, and I think everyone kind of has a sense. Skid of... marking, sorry, skid marking. <laughs> oh. oh. Lorenzo, take can, we edit, can we edit that in for for timing? Um, <laughs> it, it stays where it stays. Um, but yeah, that, that was the fiftieth minute, three 0 Um, the sixty first minute. Talk me through that, Colin. Yeah, the the Vinicius Junior goal. Uh, I think this is the sort of point where it's just like, you know, we are not like we sort of nearly 
with there was a lot of pressure and we nearly countered and we we're getting to the point now where we're just kind of getting a wee bit desperate. Um, we didn't get the break of the ball and it just ha- it all happened so fast. Like it's I, I couldn't even tell you what happened. I mean, I think I, I've just got RM goal. <laughs> Because yeah. I was just, I was just like, okay, because I, um, I felt that Starfelt was doing some real last ditch defending. Yeah, it felt was. Like we were really under the pump. Um, but yeah, and but again, like another goal where uh, there's just a wee bit too much, a wee bit too much daylight, and another thumping shot. Yeah, ball comes across. Uh, Vinicius Junior is quicker than Starfelt, and he's quicker than the goalkeeper, and they kind of he makes them both look like dicks. Uh, and it was just. He's a good striker, but don't give him that much space. It's the, it's the one time that Joe Hart actually decides to, oh, I'm going to like try and pluck a ball out, and he puts out this pointless hand. Yeah, and I think he actually tripped. He, I think, in a way, Hart puts Starfelt off more than anything else. Yeah, you know. Um, so, Lorenzo thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Starfelt—he's been out a long time, but he's—he gets. I mean, Vinicius Junior is rapid, but when you look at it, he's kind of. You're kind of judging it as he's losing Real's biggest threat in the box. Whether he's beaten or he loses him, he loses him. Uh, Joe Hart's goalkeeping is shocking. Yeah. Um, again, I usually am very positive and optimistic on these things. So I don't want to feel like I'm just going after somebody. Uh, I thought that was shocking. That decision again, so weak. If you're going to make a decision, make it. Um, I get to to come across a ball like that and a player who's not allowed to use his hands just beat you to it. Uh, it's so frustrating to me. I thought he was so weak tonight. Um, so that was 4-0. Um, then at that point, we make changes. Uh, Giacomakis, David Turnbull, Jota and Haxabanovic come on for Kyogo, Maeda, Moy and Abada. Um, very quickly, Gigi has a chance. I've actually put here, <laughs> normally I put in my notes like uh, Gigi chance in a wee description, but I've just put Gigi slash Jota slash David Turnbull slash chance Dash no goals, um, which is kind of <laughs> that's kind of how it felt, Colin, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel that everybody had a wee had a wee turn, <laughs> like yeah. um, he sort of hit. And to be fair, it was it was a half chance. It was on his left, I think. Yeah, uh, on a kind of a vo- uh, half volley or a volley, and um, you know, maybe against a slightly less imposing bonnet keeper. You get something out of that, and we got the break of the ball. And I think, um, I think Turnbull had a go, and I think Hatati maybe had a shot. And it just seemed like everybody was just—it was headless chickens, uh, just kind of like battering out of the goal. Nothing it, happening. It could he didn't have been letting was going to go in either. Yeah, could have been Hasbulla in the goal, and they would have put it directly <laughs> in the palm of his hands. Yes. Yeah. Um, the GG one was again. I, I'm not going to be too critical, but. And as you say, as you both say, he's a big target, but it was just so directly into the middle of the goal. And and I know it's his it's his less strong foot, but I it was just at this point you're just kind of like, meh, we're just not going to score. At this point, I think everyone was kind of just like, just wish it would finish now, and it was four 0 because it didn't feel like we were going to score, and it felt like there was potentially another goal in Real Madrid, and it turned out that way. Um, I've just put here fifty 70th minute, five nil, Valverde passes the ball into the net, literally no pressure on him, Lorenzo. Yeah, I've just written again, absolutely zero pressure on this arsehole entering the box. <laughs> yeah. Um and he just he just sweeps it away. It's that sweep to the other side. Um what did you make of did you think at that point with twenty minutes to go, 
was alarm bells really starting to ring because they were for me. Yeah, it's just one of those games where you feel like yeah, the last twenty minutes is where the all the tiredness is in, the lactic acids in, the heavy legs are in because you've got nothing to motivate you, um, and this is where you get swept away by the big teams, and then the big teams make subs with guys who are you know making <laughs> the Ballon d'Or, <laughs> Ballon d'Or winners, or if they're not Ballon d'Or winners, they're like incredibly high quality players getting a chance to play in the Champions League, you know, who are way better than your team still and they're all hungry whereas our subs are coming on thankfully the subs we brought on the kind of players they were and we'll talk about Jota obviously they're, they were there to make a mark and that's what kept us afloat I think and not like 7-8-0 because when Real Madrid really wanted to they carved us open just at ease there was no this is what I'm saying about defending I almost want to say it's, it was only 5-0 because there was nothing defensively that made me think we were putting up any kind of fight Starfleet makes a block on the line uh, near the end, which is about the only time I could genuinely say it felt like we were like last ditch, sort of last ditch, or defending with our lives, or like staying afloat. It felt like the defense got cut open whenever they wanted, and Real Madrid just didn't feel like scoring ten. Yeah, um, calling five now, seventieth minutes, uh, squeaky bum time. Yeah, I actually feel that our substitutes, uh, like I think I kind of you're wondering about the starting selection now because Haksabanovich came in battling. He was, uh, he won us some, a few fouls. He was just like, he was pretty dogged. Um, and, but yeah, I was, I was just like, please don't ship seven goals. Just, just, just kind of hold, hold it at five, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, Claire, we were watching the game and, um, we, we had a couple of corners within about five minutes and Claire just said to me, she's like, our corners are more dangerous for us um, because every time we have a corner, Real Madrid break. They win the ball back and they break. And Lorenzo, that was kind of the, the story of the last, not the last part of the half, but as you mentioned about, you know, lactic acid in the legs and he- legs were heavy, but every time we gave up possession in the final third, our entire team were almost in the final third or our entire team minus two or three and every time they broke at that point you feared the worst yeah and I think that the history of Celtic in the Champions League in modern times I know we haven't had much success but what has kept us afloat quite a lot is like an incredible goalkeeper or um, last ditch defensive performances that we talk about like you know wins and we, we talk about these players that have put their bodies in the line and stuff I don't necessarily feel that we had that tonight and I think there's it does stem from the goalkeeper and they're not being enough faith in them and then the back line that's been changing too much the centre-back pairings because of the injuries and we've been really unlucky this campaign with injuries I mean you lose your captain and then lose your best defender who's arguably your second best player in these games uh, is a nightmare but that's just what it felt like and then you, nothing's worse than your waking nightmare on a football pitch and then suddenly you wake up and you're playing at the Bernabeu and you're getting beat 5-0 uh, yeah it just felt like it was, uh, yeah, you wanted to end, but thankfully uh, we got something. We got something. And that something was a little man called Jota scoring a fantastic free kick um, after he, was it Jota that won the free kick, I think, on yeah. the, in the edge yeah. of the box? Uh, Colin, talk us through the goal, talk us through your thoughts, your feelings, and uh, how loudly you shouted. Jota must be so fuming that he's missed out on so much of the Champions League football because he is genuinely like uh, the one of the few shining sparks that we've, we've had in this campaign um and talk about you know having to beat a seemingly unbeatable keeper 
put in the top corner like that. It was just beautiful. And also, how often, like, seeing him so happy, you know, 5-1, getting absolutely scudded 5-1, you know, but, like, you've scored a goal and you're delighted, and it was really nice to see. So I was very happy. Um, I screamed like... Uh... Like we scored an equaliser, or we we took the lead. Um, Lorenzo, beautiful technique from a, a special player. Yeah, no, I was screaming so much when we and my girlfriend asked me if free kicks count count or for double. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should but, we should look into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's say it's a good rule. Get a letter but to Viva. What a moment for Jota! You know, I think again, he said to, to have missed so much of the campaign to obviously not be fit enough to start tonight. Uh, this is like a this will be a footnotes too far but this will be a moment in the in the legend of Jota the career this boy will have and I think he's aware of that I think he's aware of his own ability he's very confident he knew that he had to come on last night and kind of make an impression he's always always if he's on the pitch and there's people watching him Jota's got something to prove which is why we like him so much but an even bigger moment for all the fans that are there I mean yeah. uh, the amount of that have travelled over the commitment they always have um, I remember being at UV away and we're getting humbled by UV and you're just, the fans were singing the whole time, full 90 minutes, and you're just praying. You want that one moment one to moment. celebrate. You know, that's all everybody wants in this Champions League is to feel those individual moments where you've scored against a Real Madrid. You've equalised against a Man City, stuff like that. These are the moments you remember even if the campaign goes awry. So to have it, you know, as a free kick in the Bernabeu against Courtois, forget the little score in the top left. <laughs> That's a highlight that we can put in our back pockets and that Jota can keep. Um, you know, to hear Jota on the wing loudly ringing round the most famous stadium in football as we're fucking 5 1 down uh, just says so much about Jota and about the fan base and I guess the positive atmosphere that's been built into this campaign, despite it being so poor in terms of results. It, it does not. I think this is the best campaign we've had in the last two or three Like that yeah. I've enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I, I- just the game kind of uh, kind of finishes off there. There's seven minutes where you know we've got another couple of wee chances. We have chances, but nothing overall. Real break a couple of times as well. But the game finishes five one. Uh, for me personally, it felt like a good performance in the first half. Not great, um, and obviously, as you say, Lorenzo, defensively there were issues, but we created chances. Just that frustration. Um, second half was. Uh, it's Real Madrid. They kind of just kind of turned it up a notch, turned it up a level. Um, thankfully, it wasn't humiliating. Um, I mean, I don't like Celtic getting beat five one in any game, of course. But there are certain circumstances. We had a captain out. We had uh, our kind of best centre half out. There was tough. It was a tough night, but a night we can potentially learn from. Um, Colin Kearney, I want your man of the match. And if you've got any takeaways, um, well, we'll take away. I mean. I know we've kind of, I, I'm going to sound like one of those terrible fanboys, but I was just really pleased to see Starfelt back. Yeah. I felt he was, though, I've, I think Greg Taylor, for all he's been, I think he had a real lot what a night to have an off night. Um, <laughs> I think he was really, really not on it. And I think Starfelt had a really, he's playing out of position as well. He's not playing in his usual, uh, usual centre back position because um, Jens is uh, there. And I think Starfelt put his body in the line. He also denied uh, Benzema towards the end, which yeah. is a kind of defender goal. <laughs> can can we say that? Yeah, um, points. And, well, I'm just really reaching. Um, the take, main takeaway is kind of glad it's over. Um, 
it's been it's too much heartache but i also think that when the dust settles a bit we'll be able to look at the positives a lot more than the the kind of the the glaring um deficiencies man of the match gotta give it joy he scored and scored for a free kick in the in the Bernabeu. beautiful um lorenzo your thoughts your man of the match and your any takeaways i would love to have been going into the like I've I've squeezed a win last week and be going into the Europa League, you know, off the kind of feeling that we have right now about this team. And I think the squad, the Europa League's definitely at their level. I think they deserve it and they could turn up a few surprises in the Europa League. So it's a shame to be out of Europe completely, it really is. And it's about keeping the squad intact for next season uh, to have another pop at it. Um, takeaways, I was going to say it one more time, just to be a wank, Joe Hart's not good enough. Uh, Jens isn't good enough for me at all. I'm really excited I don't know anything about this Japanese boy we're apparently signing in January, but he's not Moritz Jens. Um, I think Jens is fine for the SPL. I think he's nowhere near this level. Um, we still seem to have a ways to go as far as fitness is concerned. Just if we're going to play like this, I've no problem with it the full game. Uh, but obviously it might take a full year, you know, a full two years, whatever, to get the whole squad at a fitness level that they can all stay on the pitch for 90 minutes if need be. Um and my man of the match, I actually think I'm going to give it to Matt O'Reilly. I think Matt O'Reilly put a shift in. I think he was really hard done by in the first half. Uh, 21-year-old fell in the captain's role positionally in the Bernabeu. Uh, I don't think he put much wrong, many foots, many foots wrong. I think he put a foot wrong. Because <laughs> he put some foots wrong, maybe, but not all of them. Um, Hatate, you know, he had his moments of absolute quality. Uh, but again, you know, you're playing a Real Madrid... It is the responsibility of the midfielders to track the guys coming in the box as well. So they're included in my admonishing of the defence. Uh, I just thought Matt O'Reilly was... I, I saw him the most popping up as really sticking his neck on the line and uh, taking a lot of responsibility. And didn't always go right, but wasn't the best performance from, from the most of the team. But like Colin says, hard not to just say Jota because he scores a free kick at the Bernabeu. So... I'm going to change it to Jota. Um, listen, this has been a, it's been a tough night for Celtic. Um we can learn some stuff, you know, there's other stuff that we'll have to work on, certainly. Um, but this is the end of the Champions League campaign, so there'll be no more European reactions uh, moving forward. But this has been tremendous. It's been a great, um, great cathartic experience. Uh, Colin Kearney, pleasure as always, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Lorenzo Picchitti, great stuff. Thank you, Chris. Great stuff from Lorenzo, from Colin, from myself, Chris Gallagher. This has been the reaction to Real Madrid 5, Celtic 1, and we'll speak to you down the road. (laughs) 